0: Hey everybody, it's Dean Z um, here in a somewhat obscure room in what appears to be the attic of one of our uh, buildings, Hutchins Hall. I don't know how Dustin found this room, but here we are. Let's get started. Today I want to talk to you about the soft factors in an application, things that are under the control, for the most part, of the applicant that make an application really successful or not successful. To do this, yesterday when I was reading applications I really focused on two different kinds of applications. Those where the numbers are at and or above our medians, both the LSAT and the GPA on a given file, or those where the numbers were below our medians, both the LSAT and GPA. And then from those two categories, which were the ones that um, didn't want to admit and which were the ones That really captured my attention and the attention of our first readers and we were very enthusiastic about. The reason I divided this up this way is because you know it's just sort of taking numbers out of the equation. Um, I know applicants tend to think everything comes down to the numbers but we deny lots of people whose numbers are at or above our medians and we admit about 10% sometimes even slightly more than that of our class whose whose numbers are below uh, both of our medians. So, numbers are not an issue. What made the two groups fare so differently? Or people in those two groups fare so differently? So let's talk first about the ones where the numbers look great, but it wasn't coming together. And as I say, most of these factors are ones that are in your control, things that you can address. So, first, an application where we just have no sense of the person's personality, or to the extent we do get a sense of personality, it is something very dull and dry. So this isn't like you sound like a terrible human being, it's just like, I, what? Who are you, right? Um, this comes up a lot often if people are talking about very academic topics, and they are just not infusing any of their personality into into the discussion, Um, but it can come up in other contexts, too. It's just, you know, just there's no, there's no, um, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? There's no zing. No zing to this applicant, right, at all. Um, And so that, you know, it's not like we think you're Horrible, but it's not. It isn't inspiring us to ask you to come join our community. Okay, so think about that when you're writing. You know, is this is this going to capture anybody's attention and interest? Another kind of flaw that comes up um, is a sense of that you're arrogant or that you lack humility, or that you are just extremely self-centered. So the latter self-centered is like whatever story you're telling, you are the star. And to the extent you don't even notice that anybody else is in the movie with you, right? Um, That is very off-putting to a reader, or at least to us. Uh, Arrogance, lack of humility, those are pretty closely related, you know, it's the idea of saying, like, I am going to be a great law student. Uh, and lack of humility usually is more in the context of you're, you're telling a story, and you're, you're taking credit for everything that happened, when obviously other people were involved too. So all of those are, are big turnoffs. So it's, So it's the first one, no personality, is sort of like an absence, and this is like a, a, an actual thing that you're you're expressing badly. And I, I tend to think these are. this isn't always a reflection of the person's actual personality. I think it's something about this format that makes people um, express themselves in, in ways that uh, they don't realize are coming off so negatively to the reader. Speaking of negatively, uh, sometimes we read essays that are on topics that are, it's understandable uh, that the person is uh, sounding negative about something, right? Like it's, they're telling a story about something bad that has happened in their life, um, but it is unalloyed the negativity. It is just nothing but nothing but negative. Uh, there's no takeaway that the person uh, can communicate from this experience. No, no growth that appears to have happened. Uh, just nothing but. Um, bad news and that that can be a lot to read for two or three pages of a personal statement. Uh, closely related, telling uh, a story about something and, and being very dramatic about it tends to suggest a, a lack of perspective, right? It, 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 it's always, I think it's always more effective, even if the story you're telling is dramatic, if you're sort of underplaying it as opposed to blowing it up out of proportion. Another issue that can uh, sometimes come up is multiple essays. So you write a personal statement, then you write even one or even two optional essays, and they are all basically on the exact same topic. Like maybe you're examining it through slightly different lenses, but you're telling the same story three different times. That is number one, a wasted opportunity. You know, we didn't learn anything new about you. And number two, it just makes it sound like you're a one-note song, um, and that you, you don't have a wide range of engagement with the with the world. So that's problematic. This is one that may not be com- in your control. Maybe it is. It's when we read an application and we just don't get any sense that you've had any experience outside the classroom. To be clear, when I say outside the classroom, I mean that could be jobs, that could be extracurriculars, that could be uh, you know a range of, of things but all you know that you're just giving us a, um, a resume that really doesn't have very much on it and you don't talk about anything except school in your essays maybe I can never be sure is this a, is this just a failure to communicate on your part did you do things that you didn't tell us about or did you really not um, do anything and either either one is a problem and so If you didn't do anything, then I would say, put off applying to law school, do some things, and then apply. And if it's a communication issue, maybe you think we don't care about things because they're not fancy internships or something. We do. We care deeply about all the things that you're doing. Make sure to tell us. Um, The last two, um, I think, uh, well, one is probably pretty obvious. We care a lot about writing in this profession. Law is, you know, depends in many different fields on your ability to write. Now, we will teach you how to write like a lawyer, but we want you to come with a certain basic skill set. So, writing that is awkward, unclear, there are multiple grammar mistakes. I'm not talking about typos. I'm talking about, you know, real abuses of grammar. That is, that's a problem, and that's probably going to keep you out. Uh, and then finally. A sense just that we aren't getting the real picture like that you don't we don't have a sense of um, authenticity from you like we don't maybe you don't sound genuine or sincere uh, that can manifest in a lot of different ways this is probably the part that is gonna be my vaguest bit of advice here because it's it, I spent a lot of time actually talking about it with my other first readers about the ways this can crop up, and we couldn't really uh, land on something succinct to uh, convey it. But uh, it, fundamentally, we finish reading it, and we just think, something feels off. Like, maybe you're talking about something in your personal statement that you have an interest in, interest in and then it's not reflected anywhere else in your application, or you're using uh, language that just doesn't sound natural. Um, or maybe it's like different tones throughout the essay which makes us think well maybe somebody else was helping to edit this. All kinds of uh, ways this could come up but fundamentally it's like we don't know what we're getting into here so that's not going to be an offer. Now usually these all result uh, in wait lists rather than denials but um, you want an offer not a wait list. uh, these are things that, you, if you're still preparing your application when you see this, you should be stepping back and looking and seeing how, how, is, how am I conveying all this information and is it coming across in a way that is gonna make someone want to have me be in their community. All right, now let's turn to the second half of this equation. People whose LSAT and GPA are not as strong but who we are very enthusiastic about and want to uh, off, make an offer to. You might think that it takes something extreme and magical in order for us to admit someone who uh, doesn't meet either of our medians, and that is just not true. It is far more common that it is a, a very steady kind of drip, drip, drip of a, a, a positive feeling as we're reading the application. Like, you're not making any unforced errors. Um, you know just that throughout the application, infusing it in small ways is is a, is a bunch of positive um, character tris- characteristics, character traits, communication skills. So it is true. you don't have to have all of these that I'm gonna list, but you know you should be trying to avoid any uh, mistakes that you that you can if you are in this position and you're applying to a school uh, that you know is a reach. so, one, you want to definitely make it look like you put effort into it. So, uh, you know, you want to avoid typos. You want to avoid uh, any kind of sloppiness. You want to, if they, if they, if an applicant, um, if an application allows you to write an optional essay, you should write an optional essay. Uh, you know, you want to, you want to say like, I really want this, and, and and putting effort into your application conveys that. By the same token. Schools that are admitting people who are below their medians they want to know that you are going to be excited to get this offer. So, to the extent you can convey some strong interest in the school, some specific interest in the school, you should definitely do that. Uh, I think sometimes people feel like they don't want to do that because they feel maybe almost desperate, like they're they're, they're thinking, "This is—I'm not going to get in. I don't want to put myself out there and show how much I want to get in." But it's sort of a chicken and the egg thing here. I, I think if you, if you don't express that interest, then in the school's probably not gonna express it back. Uh, you wanna have supportive letters of rec to the extent you can. Again, this doesn't mean that you have to have you know, letters from famous people saying you are the single best individual they have ever met in their life. You wanna have a letter from your supervisor or your professor that is detailed and supportive and warm doesn't have to be anything extraordinary, but it should, these, these should be um, from people who, who really do know and support you. We like to see something about the applicant in these cases that is unusual and interesting. Um, it could be a job you've had that we rarely see. It could be a perspective that you are expressing. It could be uh, an experience, something that has happened to you in your life that is unusual. Just something that you know, is a little bit um, different than you know, the run of the mill human being in this world that we encounter. And you know, I think we all have something about us that is interesting and unusual. Uh, I think for people who are applying where it's more of a reach, you really need to do the work to look for that in yourself and figure out how you want to convey it. That is more important in your case than in general. We also wanna get a strong positive sense of your personality. So maybe maybe it's just that you are a very kind and compassionate person. Maybe it is that you have a nice sense of humor. Maybe it is that you have an unusual curiosity or broad range of interests. Uh, Maybe it's just that you're extremely pleasant. Right? but we want it, we that that your, your personality needs to be coming through in your in your writing and in other elements of your application and, you know it should all be hanging together with this with this strong positive sense and finally you really you really need to have writing that is good <laughs> really good I'm not talking about like you have to write a novel that wins uh, the Booker award I'm talking about you know, it just has to be there. There should be no, no typos, no mistakes. Uh, you know, the, the, on the technical level, it should be very clear. Um, and substantively, it should you should be holding our interest, telling us stories that are engaging, that have a, a level of detail that helps us really um, get into the story. Uh, you know, these are all important things in in, in, in the writing that, that will help, help to carry you over the finish line. It's really, you can't, you can't uh, skimp on, on the writing quality. Then two kind of quirky extra credit things that I think leap out at us often. One is when you teach us something. This is rare, uh, but we love it. So a couple weeks ago, I was reading uh, an application from someone who was talking about their Uh, religion and it was not one I was familiar with and it was very interesting and they explained it very well and it and they related it to why this would make them um, a particularly good candidate uh, in law school and it just really captivated me and I ended up uh, you know reading Wikipedia for a while afterwards too, learning more so that is I I love when that happens and then the other thing is when you were doing something that is totally out of your like expected zone. So, you know, say you're offering um, time to an organization, you're volunteering with an organization that serves a population that is not your population. So, um, you know, let's say you're, you're doing service for uh, uh, kids with autism, right? You don't have autism, you don't have a sibling with autism, you just know about autism, and you know about kids with autism, and you think that's something I would be interested in helping with. I think that I really love that. And it's, those are both very unusual. Those are, I, I don't, those are in a slightly different category than the other things I've listed here. Those are like extra special, you know, cherry on top kinds of things that can make a difference. But it's, you know, it's pretty unusual. So you shouldn't feel like, oh, my gosh, what, what have I done like that? But just if you have done something like that, if you fall into either of those categories, make sure uh, you're, you're utilizing that when you're applying to law school. So I think that's all I have to share on that topic today, but here's what I want you to remember. If you have great numbers for wherever you're applying, don't think that means you're automatically in. And if you don't have great numbers, don't think that means you're automatically out. There are lots of elements of this application that are within your control. So feel empowered by that and go do a great job. Now let's turn to the language portion of our program. First, pronunciation. Today I was uh, writing an email when someone else was in my office and I was sort of reading out loud as I was drafting and I used the word Ray, as in, let me know if you have any questions, Ray, blah, blah, blah. And the person interrupted me and he said, Ray, what, what do you mean, Ray? And I, I said, Ray, R E, and he said, I thought it was RE. And I was like, it's not, it's Ray. I used to think it was Ree too, uh, but I memorized this because when I was a paralegal before law school, uh, I had a boss, I'm so old I used to take dictation. I had a boss who loved to dictate letters to his client, Raymond Ray, and he'd say, it's to Ray, 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 blah, blah, blah. He just thought that was hilarious. So Ray, if you're ever using that, make sure you say Ray. Uh, And then the other is JD. I actually wrote a blog about this, so maybe we'll put the link below. Um, But I've been seeing it lately, and it's wrong, and it bothers me, and I need to just spread the word because I'm obsessed with this. JD stands for Juris Doctor. Not Juris Doctorate, just Juris Doctor. So there's a doctorate. If you get a PhD, that's a doctorate. But the Juris thing is a doctor and not a doctorate. I don't know why, I don't make the rules. I'm just, I'm just telling you, don't, don't say that. And now that I've told you this, I hope you'll internalize it and be obsessed with it the way I am and then you'll see it everywhere wrong and you know, between us, we can fix the world this way, right? Okay, that's what I thought. You, would, you agree with me, that's great. Okay, that's all I have for today. Thank you as always for watching. If you have any questions or topics you want us to cover, please put them in the comments below or send us an email to law.jd.admissions at umich.edu. And thanks as always to Dustin Johnston, but also today I want to say thank you to the moms because in the last couple of weeks I've been hearing from a few moms who tell me that they are watching these videos. And I just feel like the moms are my people. So thank you. Um, yeah, wherever you go, Go Blue!